And what's the next BZ item up for bid? It's a new 55-inch LED TV from Samsung that retails for $3,500. The first bid goes for one penny by Luxie, followed by a bid by JK. Now Maxie, then Jenna, and JK is back. And so is Maxie. We're up to 10 cents. What competitive bidding action. It looks like it's an auto BZ war between JK and Maxie. These guys have been at it for the past dollar. BZ.com is the original auction shopping source to save up to 99% off retail on a huge selection of brand name electronics, collectibles, jewelry, travel, and more. Products from companies like Apple, Samsung, Sony, Ford, and way more at discounts you won't believe. Jenna just used a BZ sniper bid, resetting the timer again, and Jenna wins the TV for $38.56. What excitement! Come on over to BZ.com today where there's over 600 items up for bid every single day. Go to BZ.com, use offer code USA, and get two for one on your first bid pack purchase. New members get 10 free bids. Use offer code USA. Go to BZ.com. That's B-E-E-Z-I-D.com. BZ.com You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, Boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hello, listeners. You're listening to House of Cards. I'm your host for the hour, Ashley Adams. And uh, we've got a great, great show coming up. Uh, two terrific guests. Uh, First of all, a lot of folks have sent our producers and me uh, links to an article about poker by, a, as we say in Boston, wicked smart guy, a professor at Union College. The article was The Science of Winning Poker, and we have on as a guest the author of that article, Christopher Chabri, uh, who will be talking to us about the science of winning poker. And then is Denise Fouchardi, who runs the poker room, at the Fitzwilliam Casino and Card Club in Dublin, Ireland. I was just musing and decided to see what poker was like. I found a website and decided to have on as a guest somebody who could talk about poker in the Emerald Isle. And so we'll be talking to Denise Fouchardi. And we'll also have a mailbag segment. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. And what's the next BZ item up for bid? It's a new 55-inch LED TV from Samsung that retails for $3,500. The first bid goes for one penny by Luxie, followed by a bid by JK. Now Maxie, then Jenna, and JK is back. And so is Maxie. We're up to 10 cents. What competitive bidding action. It looks like it's an auto BZ war between JK and Maxie. These guys have been at it for the past dollar. BZ.com is the original auction shopping source to save up to 99% off retail on a huge selection of brand name electronics, collectibles, jewelry, travel, and more. Products from 
companies like Apple, Samsung, Sony, Ford, and way more at discounts you won't believe. Jenna just used a BZ sniper bid, resetting the timer again. And Jenna wins the TV for $38.56. What excitement! Come on over to BZ.com today where there's over 600 items up for bid every single day. Go to BZ.com, use offer code USA, and get two for one on your first bid pack purchase. New members get 10 free bids. Use offer code USA. Go to BZ.com. That's B-E-E-Z-I-D.com. BZ.com. The key to winning poker is knowledge. And winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments. Whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get Winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to uh, mention something, that if any of you have any poker questions that you would like to ask, we are always interested in your questions and comments about the show, about the guest strategy questions. They could be practical questions about where and how to find the game. Send your questions to info at houseofcardsradio.com. And you can also get our tweets on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. We're very interested in them. And, of course, if they're particularly interesting, we'll put them on the air and answer them here in our segment of Mailbag, info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash hocradio. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash hocradio. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so sensual We can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. This is the House of Cards. This is your poker education. Let's play some cards. 
Hello, listeners. Welcome back to House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams. Um, One of my favorite things is when the mainstream press picks up an article and uh, about poker, when they have writers who know something about the game writing about it. it. I love it because it often reconnects me to people that I knew who see poker in, you know, the influential press, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, uh, the New Yorker magazine, and they think of me, and so they send me emails. And, in fact, it was in that context that I discovered an article that my producers actually sent me uh, a link to, but I had already been uh, sent emails from some friends of mine. It was an article in the Wall Street Journal just a couple of days before this taping, and it was by a guy named Christopher Chabri. I think I have his name correctly, and it was about the science. It's entitled The Science of Winning Poker. So we decided let's have this guy come on. He's a professor. He's smart. He's interesting, just kind of guess that we like to have, and we have him with us now. Chris, are you there? I'm here, and you're very kind to introduce me that way. Well, you are a professor, and that means you must be smart, as we say in Boston, wicked smart. <laughs> Uh, you teach at Union and a few other places, right? Where else do you teach? Uh, well, I teach at Union College in Schenectady, New York. I'm a psychology professor, and I also teach neuroscience. And uh, I've, I've been at Harvard in the past and uh, also had an affiliation with MIT for all the Boston area people. Were you also at Albany Medical Center, or did you lecture there? I thought I read that in your bio somewhere. Yeah, I have a uh, I have an appointment there uh, in the neurology department, but I don't actually teach medical students. I teach uh, undergraduates at, at Union College. I see. I see. Okay. Well, tell us a couple of things. Inform our listeners how it is that you happen to be at the World Series of Poker and how it is that you happen to write this interesting article for the Wall Street Journal. Well, I, I have wanted to go for a long time. Like many other people, I knew nothing about the World Series of Poker until – Someone told me about Chris Moneymaker being on TV in 2003. One of, one of my friends who's actually also a professor, uh, and uh, he told me about it. I don't know who got the talking, and that really got me interested in the game. I hadn't played in probably 20 years at that point. And uh, at the time, I thought it would be cool to play in, in the World Series someday. And um, I also, in a, in a sort of parallel, parallel to this, I've been writing stuff for the Wall Street Journal for a while. I used to do book reviews. I write about chess sometimes for them, uh, and I've written some articles recently uh, that have to do with cognitive psychology and, and how our minds work and, and uh, how to think better and so on. So I, I thought I would suggest to my editor there that I write something about how poker has changed in the last 20 years, because it seemed to me that when I you know, first started paying attention and, and reading books and, and you know, even watching the TV broadcast of Final Tables and so on, that the way people thought about the game back then was much different from the way the best players do now, and I thought that would make an interesting an interesting story. They didn't want to just sort of have a little summary of what's going on at the World Series of Poker. There had to be some kind of more, uh, you know, more interesting point to it. So I thought they'd like that, and fortunately they went for it. Did they foot the bill for your entry, or did you do that on your own? <laughs> no, unfortunately, that this was not. Uh, they they didn't pay anything for that. They're they're paying me for the article as they always do, but but then it was up to me, uh, you know, how to get the uh, how to get the budget for the the entries and, and all that. And and I, I didn't play in the main event. I played in a couple of the the smaller the smaller buy-in tournaments before that. Oh, so which ones did you play in? I played. I got there on a Friday night uh, in late June, and I played a fifteen hundred uh, dollar no limit and. Uh, uh, the next since I since I was knocked out in about seven hours, I then played thousand dollars the next day and was out of that in three hours. So on my final day, I played one of the little uh, 
the little itsy bitsy side events for 230 or whatever it was. And, and that one I actually finished 23rd out of about 1,500 people. Um, so uh, it, it was a net loss in the end, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Did you stick around long enough for the press tournament? I think that was at the be- was that at the beginning. Or no, the it was at the end. It was at the end. Oh, I, well, I guess I didn't. Yeah, I, I missed out on that. I was only there for three days, and and I didn't advertise myself as as a reporter or anything like that. So I don't even know if I would have uh, if I would have been eligible. But maybe maybe next year if I if I write about it again, I'll keep that in mind. Well, summarize for our listeners who haven't read your article. Tell our listeners what the science of winning poker really what the article is about. Well, the point I was trying to make in the article was that. From from what I can tell, the, the top players nowadays, the players who are really driving the evolution of poker thinking, um, think much more in terms of game theory than the top players did, let's say, 10 or 20 years ago. Um, if you, you know, I think if you look back at, at how uh, top players played, there was a, in the past there was a lot more categorical advice um, about how to play hands, and, and there were sort of, uh, you know, more. Uh, I suppose you could say more conservative strategic approach in general. Um, and everybody knows that, you know, people have loosened up over the last 10 years and there are some maniacs now who seem to be, you know, seem to be successful. And the, the concept I tried to focus on was the idea of thinking in hand ranges. Um, 10 years ago, you would hear people talk about you have to put your opponent on a hand. And sometimes that was taken to mean, you know, you've got to figure out right away what he's got and then play the rest of the hand as though you know he's got that. And you would hear people saying at the end of a hand, oh, I put you on ace-king sort of as a way of justifying their, you know, everything they did. And um, as I followed it over the years, I, I read some articles by people like um, Phil Galfond and um, uh, Matt Matros's book, um, uh, Making of a Poker Player, uh, and a lot of other stuff. And um, it seemed like the idea of having, taking a more sophisticated approach to the game theory aspects of the game, thinking about the range of hands, your opponent could have based on all his actions up till that point, and then thinking about balancing your own range and making sure that your play didn't become too predictable. These ideas are sort of all there, I think, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, but they've really been explicated and and tied to game theory uh, and math much more tightly, and I think that provides sort of a stronger, you know, theoretical justification for for playing well. And, uh, you know, I think it also leads to some things that don't make any sense, like you find people writing these incredibly detailed analyses of what they were thinking during hand, and they couldn't possibly have been thinking about all that. So when they're honest, they say, well, this is sort of retrospective analysis, and what you really need to do is sort of play with poker calculation apps and sort of develop your intuition for how to think about ranges and and equities and so on. And I just tried in in a very small number of words to give a little bit of a flavor of, of that kind of of that kind of thinking, and I, you know, I, I think I succeeded a little bit. It didn't, I honestly, it didn't come out as well as I hoped, but I think a lot of people, a lot of people thought they learned something. So, we're going to take a break, and then we'll be right back. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Then fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. 
When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to uh, mention something, that if any of you have any poker questions that you would like to ask, we are always interested in your questions and comments about the show, about the guests, strategy questions. They could be practical questions about where and how to find the game. Send your questions to info at houseofcardsradio.com. And you can also get our tweets on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. We're very interested in them. And of course, if they're particularly interesting, we'll put them on the air and answer them here in our segment of Mailbag. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. The key to winning poker is knowledge. And winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker veteran Ashley Adams can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments, whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. You're listening to the House of Cards. It's not fun making the right play and getting the wrong result. But you know what? That's poker. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, this is we're, we're talking to Chris. Chabri, am I pronouncing it correctly? Exactly right. C-H-A-B-R-I-S. He's a professor at Union College and has written a very interesting article for the Wall Street Journal. Did you pretty much get an unedited version to run, or did they chop it at all? Oh, there's never an unedited version at the <laughs> at the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or anyone like that, as far as I know. Um, I My original, I mean, my original draft was much, much longer than it, than it was. And, and I think some nuances got lost a, a, along the way. Um, I, I was trying to sort of start with I, I, one memorable thing I read by, by David Slamsky years ago was, was this idea that, you know, if, if you're ahead when all the money goes into the pot and you're, you know, you have a, a positive expectation, even if you lose a particular hand, you should still, you know, figure that you played it right. And in a, in a sense, pretend that you won, like <laughs> maybe good for your mental health and for, you know, for your, for your, uh, for your long run, you know, strategy to sort of pretend that you win whenever you got the money in good. Uh, and what I didn't say in the article, when I <laughs> yeah, that works that really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't say in the article that, that in the long run, this is good, you know? So I, I, I did get an email from a guy who said, I just burst out laughing when, when, when you said, 
you know, you should pretend you, you know, pretend you won as long as you got the money in good. Because, of course, if you got your $20,000 in good, but you lost, you're still down $20,000. But I was trying to convey the idea that, you know, thinking in terms of long-run strategy and, and, uh, and all of that, but you can only do so much in a short article. And, I, you know, I, I, think, it, I think it could have been better. But, right. Well, uh, you didn't have time in the space of the article to talk about EV and how that is what you're trying to maximize because in the long run, if you have a positive expected value, you're going to win money. And if you have a negative expected value in the long run, you're going to lose money. Even if in the short run you make a negative EV play, you may win. But over time, at least theoretically, it will cost you money. Yeah, yeah I should have. I should have. What you just said, I should have typed into my article, and that should have been, <laughs> that should have been right in there. But I didn't quite. Uh, I didn't quite get it down so so clearly as that. And and uh, you know, there, uh, if I you know if I had twice as many words, I would have done it. Would have done it differently, but I—I I mean, I—I I think you know this was this is just based on my perception that the approach to the game is different than it was ten years ago. By the way, I read your one of the first books I read was your seven card stud book. Really? Um, uh, back then, yes. Yeah, so I don't play that game very much. Obviously, it's it's uh, you know it's not as popular as Hold'em, but um, but I did read it, and um, uh, I read a lot of other books at the time, and I just get the sense that the advice you 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 get from those, even then to Harrington's books, and and then nowadays to books by you know, uh, people like Jonathan Little and, and Ed Miller and so on who play, you know, who, who right nowadays um, has changed uh, quite a bit. And it's one of the other point I was trying to make in the article was that it's not as though someone suddenly it's not as though there was some genius who suddenly discovered things. A lot of the seeds of these ideas have been around with so many more people in the game now since Moneymaker, basically, and, and the ESPN, you know, and, and the WPT brought so many people into the game with so many more people now, uh, you know, sort of knowledge builds up and gets spread out at, at an accelerating rate. Um, and that's sort of the, one of the you know sort of intellectual points I was trying to make about why this is this is poker's kind of an interesting you know case study of how when you put a lot more people to work on a problem there's a lot more progress uh, and um, that's my perception at least I don't know how how you know the more seasoned observers uh, you know feel about it. Well, I can tell you how an incredibly incisive, uh, deep analysis of the poker world is the games have gotten a lot tougher. That. <laughs> That's how we on the inside would put it. The games have gotten a lot tougher uh, in a very simplistic way of actually saying what you have figured out. And the reason is if you have millions of people new to the game learning from each other, the bad players being weaned out, the good players getting better, if you have people enhancing their skills by talking about it more, making observations, writing about it, sharing information, then – the product of all that is going to be better play overall for those who are in the competitive games. And then the base conclusion, the games are getting a lot tougher, is the end product. So we've yeah. reached the same conclusion. What I'm wondering about is, Chris, I just, you live in the Albany area. Do you play poker? Do you, I mean, did, you had this wonderful little uh, jaunt to Las Vegas, but do you play regularly in any of the games in Albany? I, I used to play a lot uh, online back when it was, you know, uh, well, I don't want to say legal, but back when it was easy to do that. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, now I, I can't do that anymore for a while. And, and also, you know, when you have kids and all that, you sort of run, you know, run low on time for poker. Um, but uh, I, I do play when I can. I, um, you know, sometimes when I'm, I'm uh, on a business trip somewhere, I'll, you know, I'll find a chance to play. Um and uh, in Europe, I played. Uh, I played recently when I was in Europe for a uh, for an academic conference. You know, at the end of it, I was able to find a few hours to go to the 
to go to the casino. Where, I don't play where, as much as, as I used to. Where were you in Europe, and where did you play? Oh, I, I was in Zurich for a conference at uh, ETH, which is sort of the, the National Technical University. It's kind of the MIT of Switzerland, one of the most prestigious um, places. And uh, our conference ended on a Saturday afternoon. And uh, at the casino in Zurich, it's one of those European city casinos, so it's it's got about four tables of poker, and you know it's all sort of it's a whole big casino crammed into a small space, and uh, they don't even start playing until 8 p.m. Uh, so I, I played for a few hours at night, and uh, I actually did okay. Do you remember, uh, Chris, what the game was that you played? What the stakes were? Oh, it was it was five five no limit hold'em, uh, either nine or ten players at the table, and uh, the Swiss franc is about. Uh, you know, a dollar ten for one, for dollar ten cents for one Swiss franc. The, one of the unusual things about this game, though, is it was one of those games where it was the blinds were five five, but someone would raise to forty, let's say, and get four callers. Uh, you know, <laughs> wow! So the game was playing. The game was playing a lot larger than that. Maybe it was one of those fun games from from eight years ago or something like that that don't uh, you know that are harder to find. Uh, you wow. know, nowadays, unless everyone's drunk or something. Um, wow! Forty but, uh, bucks. Yeah. Uh, under, that's that's a big game. How much did you buy in for? Uh, I think 600 or something like that. I, I, I had brought more, but uh, I only needed to buy in for 600 once, and uh, it was one of my more successful. Uh, it was one of my more successful <laughs> nights. Let me put it that way. I think I was, I think I was running good. That's what um, I like hearing. But, uh, That's what I like. I have one last question for you, totally different from what you've talked about so far. You're, you're a professor of psychology. Do you think they will ever come up with an artificial intelligence that can beat the best no-limit Hold'em players at Hold'em, like they have done in backgammon and even in chess? Yeah, I mean, it, well, the, yeah, I think it's an interesting question, but I don't really have a solid view on, on whether that's going to happen. And and I think, you know, two reasons. The, the obvious reason is that there's so much um, there's so much more involved in, uh, in no-limit Hold'em where, you know, essentially there's an infinite number of possible moves given that you can bet almost almost anything. And given that they're, you know, if we're talking about heads up, that's a little bit different. But if you're talking about multiple opponents um, making, uh, you know, it seems it seems difficult. I imagine it will be achieved at some point, but I have no idea when that's going to be. It's 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 a lot harder problem to solve than uh, chess or even backgammon. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I I do know that smart people are working on it. Uh, and usually when enough smart people work on, on something like that, they, they make progress. Right. Well, do you think you'll go out next year? Uh, I think it would be fun. Um, we'll have to see what I'm doing at the time and what else I, what else I have to do. And, uh, I would really love to, uh, I would really love to play again and, and try some, try some other events also. I, I sort of only played, uh, you know, a few, uh, no limit holding tournaments. It might be fun to try some other stuff. Well, if we're ever out there at the same time, I'll show you some of the No Limit Hold'em tournaments that you'll be able to beat uh, at some of the other casinos that don't have the best players in the world playing at them. <laughs> All right, that would be that would, that would be great. Chris, do you have any websites that people can go to to read more about what you've written? Oh, sure. Um, uh, my own website is just uh, com. my last name, C-H-A-B-R-I-S.com. And I also am the co-author of a book called The Invisible Gorilla, uh, which you can see at uh, theinvisiblegorilla.com. And uh, that's, that's a book about uh, how our minds work and, and how our intuitions can deceive us sometimes. And uh, I think uh, people will enjoy it if they pick it up. Terrific. Well, Chris Chabri, 
author of The Science of Winning Poker, an article that appeared in the July 26th Wall Street Journal. Thank you very much for joining us and sharing uh, your thoughts with us. All right. Thanks for having me. It was great fun. Okay, listeners. Uh, thank you very much, Chris. Listeners, we'll be back after a quick break. Hey, Jersey, we want to hear from you. Send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com or leave a message at our hotline at 609-474-4627. Don't just listen to House of Cards. Now you can be part of the show with the House of Cards hotline. Call us at 609-474-HOCR and leave a message for Ashley and the rest of the House of Cards crew. Comments about the show? Poker questions? You just want us to know about great places to play or you just got bluffed out of a pot? Your messages may even be played on the air. Give us a call at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. The House of Cards Hotline. Available 24 hours a day. Call the hotline or send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com. And don't forget to visit our website at houseofcardsradio.com and follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. By leaving a message with House of Cards, you consent to having your message played on the air. And what's the next BZ item up for bid? It's a new 55-inch LED TV from Samsung that retails for $3,500. The first bid goes for one penny by Lexi, followed by a bid by JK. Now Maxi, then Jenna, and JK is back. And so is Maxi. We're up to 10 cents. What competitive bidding action. It looks like it's an auto BZ war between JK and Maxi. These guys have been at it for the past dollar. BZ.com is the original auction shopping source to save up to 99% off retail on a huge selection of brand name electronics, collectibles, jewelry, travel, and more. Products from Companies like Apple, Samsung, Sony, Ford, and way more. At discounts you won't believe. Jenna just used a BZ sniper bid, resetting the timer again. And Jenna wins the TV for $38.56. What excitement! Come on over to BZ.com today where there's over 600 items up for bid every single day. Go to BZ.com, use offer code USA, and get two for one on your first bid pack purchase. New members get 10 free bids. Use offer code USA. Go to BZ.com. That's B-E-E-Z-I-D.com. BZ.com. Great moments in history. In November 1863, on a train headed for Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, President Abraham Lincoln decides to write the important address himself. This is a great outline. Fantastic. If yours doesn't stack up, you won't get a chance to look at it. I don't know what that means. I was going to let you see it, but I changed my mind. I can, I'll write it. That thing sucks. June 2008, House of Cards began podcasting. Go to HouseOfCardsRadio.com and click on the podcast button for all recent show downloads. Hey, this is Dave Weishuttle from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of September 9th, 2013. Well, it's been a busy couple of months for the UK gaming giant William Hill. Last week, Hill announced a partnership with the SLS Las Vegas Hotel and Casino to launch a sportsbook experience that will feature groundbreaking wagering technologies. You may remember a couple months ago, Hill inked a deal with Monmouth Racetrack in New Jersey to operate a sportsbook at the facility in anticipation of the Garden State allowing Vegas-type sports betting. William Hill operates nearly 100 gaming kiosks and facilities in Nevada. 
Illinois gaming regulators will be meeting to decide whether state casinos can stay open around the clock. Presently, casinos close for a brief time every day. Casino operators feel this is a way to increase income and a way for the state to collect more tax revenue. Anti-gambling activists feel that the casinos would take advantage of sleep-deprived gamblers who are not thinking clearly. Both sides will have their opinions heard when the gaming regulators meet on September 19th. And finally, look, we've all been in boring situations where we take out our cell phone and start playing with the apps. Unfortunately for Arizona Senator John McCain, he got caught doing it. During a three-hour Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing on Syria, someone snapped a picture of him playing poker on his iPhone. That picture eventually ended up in a blog on the Washington Post. No word yet on who was bored enough at the meeting to actually take a picture of someone playing on their phone. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. The key to winning poker is knowledge. And winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments. Whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. This is the House of Cards. This is your poker education. Let's play some cards. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams. Um, One of my favorite things is when the mainstream press picks up an article and uh, about poker, when they have writers who know something about the game writing about it. it. I love it because it often reconnects me to people that I knew who see poker in, you know, the influential press, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, uh, the New Yorker magazine, and they think of me, and so they send me emails. And, in fact, it was in that context that I discovered an article that my producers actually sent me uh, a link to, but I had already been uh, sent emails from some friends of mine, it was an article in the Wall Street Journal just a couple of days before this taping, and it was by a guy named Christopher Chabri. I think I have his name correctly, and it was about the science. It's entitled The Science of Winning Poker. So we decided let's have this guy come on. He's a professor. He's smart. He's interesting, just kind of guess that we like to have, and we have him with us now. Chris, are you there? I'm here, and you're very kind to introduce me that way. Well, you are a professor, and that means you must be smart, as we say in Boston, wicked smart. Uh, <laughs> you teach at Union and a few other places, right? Where else do you teach? Uh, well, I teach at Union College in Schenectady, New York. I'm a psychology professor, and I also teach neuroscience. And uh, I've, I've been at Harvard in the past and uh, also had an affiliation with MIT for all the Boston area people. Were you also at... Albany Medical Center, or did you lecture there? I thought I read that in your bio somewhere. Yeah, I have a uh, I have an appointment there uh, in the neurology department, but I don't actually teach medical students. I teach uh, undergraduates at, at Union College. I see. I see. Okay. Well, tell us a couple of things. Inform our listeners how it is that you happen to be at the World Series of Poker and how it is that you happen to write this interesting article for the Wall Street Journal. Well, I have wanted to go for a long time. Like many other people, I knew nothing about the World Series of Poker until 
someone told me about Chris Moneymaker being on TV in 2003. One of, one of my friends who's actually also a professor, uh, and uh, he told me about it. I don't know who got the talking, and that really got me interested in the game. I hadn't played in probably 20 years at that point. And uh, at the time, I thought it would be cool to play in, in the World Series someday. And um, I also, in a, in a sort of parallel parallel to this, I've been writing stuff for the Wall Street Journal for a while. I used to do book reviews. I write about chess sometimes for them. Uh, and I've written some articles recently uh, that have to do with cognitive psychology and, and how our minds work and, and uh, how to think better and so on. So I, I thought I would suggest to my editor there that I write something about how poker has changed in the last 20 years because it seemed to me that when I, you know, first started paying attention and and reading books and and you know even watching the TV broadcast of final tables and so on that the way people thought about the game back then was much different from the way the best players do now and I thought that would make an interesting an interesting story. They didn't want to just sort of have a little summary of what's going on at the World Series of Poker. There had to be some kind of more uh, you know more interesting point to it. So I thought they'd like that and fortunately they went for it. Did they foot the bill for your entry, or did you do that on your own? <laughs> no, unfortunately, that this was not. Uh, they they didn't pay anything for that. They're they're paying me for the article as they always do. But but then it was up to me, uh, you know, how to get the uh, how to get the budget for the the entries and, and all that. And and I, I didn't play in the main event. I played in a couple of the the smaller the smaller buy-in tournaments before that. Oh, so which ones did you play in? I played. I got there on a Friday night uh, in late June, and I played a fifteen hundred uh, dollar no limit. And uh, uh, the next, since I since I was knocked out in about seven hours, I then played thousand dollar the next day, and was out of that in three hours. So on my final day, I played one of the little uh, the little itsy bitsy side events for two thirty or whatever it was, and and that one I actually finished twenty third out of about fifteen hundred people. Um, so uh, it, it was a net loss in the end, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Did you stick around long enough for the press tournament? I think that was at the be- was that at the beginning. No, the it was at the end. It was at the end. Well, I guess I didn't. Yeah, I, I missed out on that. I was only there for three days, and and I didn't advertise myself as as a reporter or anything like that. So I don't even know if I would have uh, if I would have been eligible. But maybe maybe next year if I if I write about it again, I'll keep that in mind. Well, summarize for our listeners who haven't read your article. Uh, this is we're we're talking to Chris Chabri. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Exactly right. C-H-A-B-R-I-S. He's a professor at Union College and has written a very interesting article for the Wall Street Journal. Tell our listeners what the science of winning poker, really what the article is about. Well, the point I was trying to make in the article was that from from what I can tell, that the top players nowadays, the players who are really driving the evolution of poker thinking, um, think much more in terms of game theory than the top players did, let's say, 10 or 20 years ago. Um, if you, you know, I think if you look back at, at how uh, top players played, there was a, in the past there was a lot more categorical advice um, about how to play hands, and, and there were sort of, uh, you know, more, uh, I suppose you could say more conservative strategic approach in general. Um, and everybody knows that, you know, people have loosened up over the last 10 years, and there are some maniacs now who seem to be, you know, seemed to be successful. And the, the concept I tried to focus on was the idea of thinking in hand ranges. Um, Ten years ago, you would hear people talk about, you have to put your opponent on a hand. And sometimes that was taken to mean, you know, you've got to figure out right away what he's got and then play the rest of the hand as though you know he's got that. And you would hear people saying at the end of a hand, oh, I put you on ace-king sort of as a way of justifying their, you know, everything they did. And um, as I followed it over the years, I, I read some articles by people like um, Bill Galfond and 
um, uh, Matt Matros's book, um, uh, Making of a Poker Player, uh, and a lot of other stuff. And um, it seemed like the idea of having, taking a more sophisticated approach to the game theory aspects of the game, thinking about the range of hands your opponent could have based on all his actions up till that point, and then thinking about balancing your own range and making sure that your play didn't become too predictable. These ideas are sort of all there, I think, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, but they've really been explicated and, and tied to game theory uh, and math much more tightly. And I think that pr- provides sort of a stronger, you know, theoretical justification for, for playing well. And uh, it, you know, I think it also leads to some things that don't make any sense, like you find people writing these incredibly detailed analyses of what they were thinking during hand, and they couldn't possibly have been thinking about all that. So when they're honest, they say, well, this is sort of retrospective analysis, and what you really need to do is sort of play with poker calculation apps and sort of develop your intuition for how to think about ranges and, and equities and so on. And I just tried in, in a very small number of words to give a little bit of a flavor of, of that kind of of that kind of thinking. And I, you know, I, I think I succeeded a little bit. It didn't, I honestly, it didn't come out as well as I hoped, but I think a lot of people, a lot of people thought they learned something. So did you pretty much get an unedited version to run or did they chop it at all? Oh, there's never an unedited version at the, <laughs> at the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or anyone like that, as far as I know. Um, I, my original, I mean, my original draft was much, much longer than it, than it was. And, and I think some nuances got lost along the way. Um, I, I was trying to sort of start with uh, one memorable thing I read by by David Slansky years ago was was this idea that you know if, if you're ahead when all the money goes into the pot and you're you know you have a, a positive expectation even if you lose a particular hand you should still you know figure that you played it right and in a, in a sense pretend that you won like <laughs> maybe good for your mental health and for you know for your for your uh, for your long run you know strategy to sort of pretend that you win whenever you got the money in good. Uh, and what I didn't say in the article, when I <laughs> yeah, that works really that well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't say in the article that, that in the long run, this is good, you know? So I, I, I did get an email from a guy who said, I just burst out laughing when, when, when you said, you know, you should pretend you, you know, pretend you won as long as you got the money in good, because of course, if you got your $20,000 in good, but you lost, you're still down $20,000. But I was trying to convey the idea that, you know, thinking in terms of long run strategy and, and. Uh, and all of that, but you can only do so much in a short article. And I, you know, I, I, I think it, I think it could have been better. But right. Well, uh, you didn't have time in the space of the article to talk about EV and how that is what you're trying to maximize. Because in the long run, if you have a positive expected value, you're going to win money. And if you have a negative expected value in the long run, you're going to lose money. Even if in the short run you make a negative EV play, you may win. But over time, at least theoretically, it will cost you money. Yeah, yeah, I should have. I should have. What you just said, I should have typed into my article, and that should have been, that should have been right in there. But I didn't quite. Uh, I didn't quite get it down so so clearly as that. And and uh, you know, there, uh, if I you know if I had twice as many words, I would have done it. I would have done it differently. But uh, I. I mean, I, I. I think you know this was. This is just based on my perception that the approach to the game is different than it was ten years ago. By the way, I read your one of the first books I read was your seven card stud book. Really. Um, uh, back then, yes. Although I don't play that game very much, obviously it's it's uh, you know it's, it's not as popular as Hold'em, but um, but I did read it, and um, uh, I read a lot of other books at the time, and I just get the sense that the advice you 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 get from those, even then to Harrington's books, and and then nowadays to books by you know uh, people like Jonathan Little and, and Ed Miller and so on who play you know who write nowadays um, has changed uh, quite a bit, and it's one of the other point I was trying to make in the article was that. 
it's not as though someone suddenly, it's not as though there was some genius who suddenly discovered things. A lot of the seeds of these ideas have been around. With so many more people in the game now since Moneymaker, basically, and, and the ESPN, you know, and, and the WPT brought so many people into the game, with so many more people now, uh, you know, sort of knowledge builds up and gets spread out at, at an accelerating rate. Um, and that's sort of the, one of the, you know, sort of intellectual points I was trying to make about why this is, this is poker's kind of an interesting, you know, case study of how when you put a lot more people to work on a problem, there's a lot more progress. Uh, and um, that's my perception, at least. I don't know how, how you know, the more seasoned observers, uh, you know, feel about it. Well, I can tell you how an incredibly incisive, uh, deep analysis of the poker world is the games have gotten a lot tougher. That, that's mm-hmm. how we on the inside would put it. The games have gotten yeah. a lot tougher uh, in a very simplistic way of actually saying what you have figured out. And the reason is you, if you have millions of people new to the game learning from each other, the bad players being weaned out, the good players getting better, if you have people enhancing their skills by talking about it more, making observations, writing about it, sharing information, then the product of all that is going to be better play overall for those who are in the competitive games. And then the base conclusion, the games are getting a lot tougher, is the end product. So we've yeah. reached the same conclusion. What I'm wondering about is, Chris, I just, you live in the Albany area. Do you play poker? Do you, I mean, did, you had this wonderful little uh, jaunt to Las Vegas, but do you play regularly in any of the games in Albany? I, I used to play a lot uh, online back when it was, you know, uh, well, I don't want to say legal, but back when it was easy to do that. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, now I can't do that anymore for a while. And, and also, you know, when you have kids and all that, you sort of, run, you know, run low on time for poker. Um, but, uh, I, I do play when I can. I, um, you know, sometimes when I'm, I'm, uh, on a business trip somewhere, I'll, you know, I'll find a chance to play. Um, and, uh, in Europe, I played, uh, I played recently when I was in Europe for, a uh, for an academic conference. You know, at the end of it, I was able to find a few hours to go to the, to go to the casino. Where, I don't play as much as, as I used to. Where were you in Europe, and where did you play? Oh, I, I was in Zurich for a conference at uh, ETH, which is sort of the, the National Technical University. It's kind of the MIT of Switzerland, one of the most prestigious um, places. And uh, our conference ended on a Saturday afternoon. And uh, at the casino in Zurich, it's one of those European city casinos, so it's, it's got about four tables of poker. And, you know, it's all sort of it's a whole big casino crammed into a small space. And uh, they don't even start playing until 8 p.m. Uh, so I, I played for a few hours at night, and uh, I actually did okay. Do you remember, um, Chris, what the game was that you played, what the stakes were? Oh, it was it was 5-5, five, five, no limit, hold them, uh, either nine or ten players at the table. And uh, the Swiss franc is about, uh, you know, $1.10 for one, for $1.10 cents for one Swiss franc. The, un, one of the unusual things about this game, though, is it was one of those games where it was the blinds were five five, but someone would raise to forty, let's say, and get four callers. Uh, you know, <laughs> wow! So the game was playing. The game was playing a lot larger than that. Maybe it was one of those fun games from from eight years ago or something like that that don't uh, you know that are harder to find uh, you know wow. nowadays unless everyone's drunk or something. Um, wow! Forty but, uh, bucks. Yeah. Uh, under, that's that's a big game. How much did you buy in for? Uh, I think 600 or something like that. I, I, I had brought more, but, uh, I only needed to buy in for 600 once. And, uh, it was one of my more successful, uh, it was one of my more successful <laughs> nights. Let me put it that way. I, I think I was, I think I was running good. That's what um, I like hearing. But, uh, 
That's what I like. I have one last question for you, totally different from what you've talked about so far. You're you're a professor of psychology. Do you think they will ever come up with an artificial intelligence that can beat the best no-limit Hold'em players at Hold'em like they have done in backgammon and even in chess? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I think it's an interesting question, but I don't really have a solid view on on whether that's going to happen. And and I think you know two reasons. The the obvious reason is that there's so much um, there's so much more involved in uh, in no limit hold'em where you know essentially there's an infinite number of possible moves given that you can bet almost almost anything. And given that there you know if we're talking about heads up, that's a little bit different. But if you're talking about multiple opponents. Um, making, uh, you know, it seems, it seems difficult. I imagine it will be achieved at some point, but I have no idea when that's going to be. It's, it's, it's a lot harder problem to solve than, uh, chess or even backgammon. Mm. Um, but, uh, I, I, I do know that smart people are working on it. Uh, and usually when enough smart people work on, on something like that, they, they make progress. Right. Well, do you think you'll go out next year? Uh, I think it would be fun. Um, we'll have to see what I'm doing at the time and what else I what else I have to do. And uh, I would really love to uh, I would really love to play again and, and try some try some other events. Also, I, I sort of only played uh, you know a few uh, no limit holding tournaments. It might be fun to try some other stuff. Well, if we're ever out there at the same time, I'll show you some of the no limit holding tournaments that you'll be able to beat uh, at some of the other casinos that don't have the best players in the world playing at them. <laughs> All right, that would be that would, that would be great, Chris. Do you have any websites that people can go to to read more about what you've written? Oh, sure. Um, uh, my own website is just uh, www.shabri.com. My last name C H A B R I S dot com, and I also am the co-author of a book called The Invisible Gorilla, uh, which you can see at uh, theinvisiblegorilla.com. And uh, that's, that's a book about uh, how our minds work and, and how our intuitions can deceive us sometimes. And uh, I think uh, people will enjoy it if they pick it up. Terrific. Well, Chris Chabri, author of The Science of Winning Poker, an article that appeared in the July 26th Wall Street Journal. Thank you very much for joining us and sharing uh, your thoughts with us. All right. Thanks for having me. It was great fun. Okay, listeners. Uh, thank you very much, Chris. Listeners, we'll be back after a quick break. Don't just listen to House of Cards. Now you can be part of the show with the House of Cards hotline. Call us at 609-474-HOCR and leave a message for Ashley and the rest of the House of Cards crew. Comments about the show? Poker questions? You just want us to know about great places to play or you just got bluffed out of a pot? Your messages may even be played on the air. Give us a call at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. The House of Cards Hotline, available 24 hours a day. Call the hotline or send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com and don't forget to visit our website at houseofcardsradio.com and follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. By leaving a message with House of Cards, you can send to having your message played on the air. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? 
Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so sensual we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com. The key to winning poker is knowledge. And winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments. Whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. And what's the next BZIT item up for bid? It's a new 55-inch LED TV from Samsung that retails for $3,500. The first bid goes for one penny by Lexi, followed by a bid by JK. Now Maxie, then Jenna, and JK is back. And so is Maxie. We're up to 10 cents. What competitive bidding action. It looks like it's an auto BZIT war between JK and Maxie. These guys have been at it for the past dollar. BZIT.com is the original auction shopping source to save up to 99% off retail on a huge selection of brand name electronics, collectibles, jewelry, travel, and more. Products from companies like Apple, Samsung, Sony, Ford, and way more. At discounts you won't believe. Jenna just used a BZ sniper bid, resetting the timer again. And Jenna wins the TV for $38.56. What excitement! Come on over to BZ.com today where there's over 600 items up for bid every single day. Go to BZ.com, use offer code USA, and get two for one on your first bid pack purchase. New members get 10 free bids. Use offer code USA. Go to BZ.com. That's B-E-E-Z-I-D.com. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to uh, mention something, that if any of you have any poker questions that you would like to ask, we are always interested in your questions and comments about the show, about the guests, strategy questions. They could be practical questions about where and how to find a game. Send your questions to info at houseofcardsradio.com. Dot com, and you can also get our tweets on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. We're very interested in them, and of course, if they're particularly interesting, we'll put them on the air and answer them here in our segment of Mailbag. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash HOC Radio. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Here's the wonderful Joan Rivers with her thoughts on poker players. And your people, you give money with blood on it. 
I've met your people in Vegas for 40 years. None of them have last names. None of them. They have cash pulls of You're a poker player. A poker player. That's, That's awesome. beyond white trash. Poker players oh, are poker the most players. awesome people poker in the world. Poker players are trash, darling. Trash. House of Cards, proudly serving your white trash needs since 2007. Welcome back, listeners. This is House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams. And before we end, I just want to remind all our listeners that we are always interested in your questions and comments about the show, about the guests, about maybe guests that you'd like us to have on. We have a lot of people that we're contacting regularly and can have on a lot of different types of guests like we did today with Maria Ho and Clyde Barrow. Send your questions to info at House of Cards Radio. We're very interested in them. And, of course, if they are particularly interesting, we'll put them on the air and answer them here in our typical segment of Mailbag, which we're not having today. So that will do it for the show. Come back next week for more House of Cards. Good night and good luck. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.